welcome to another episode of Empowered by Choice with Emma and Logan. I'm very excited because today we're joined by one of my teachers, Panda Chi. Um, Panda, I met when I was teaching at a yoga retreat center in Gili Air, and I was really grateful because many days he would come and sit and have tea with me and we would eat Oreos and he would share with me some really fabulous spiritual teachings. Um, I've also gone and done courses with Panda in India and in Sweden. And one of the reasons I was most drawn to him as a spiritual teacher is um, Panda was previously a professional circus performer. Uh, so that really appealed to me. So Panda, welcome to our podcast. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. And can you tell us a little bit about your journey? So how did you get from being a juggler to where you are today? Okay. Um, actually, it, I started when I was 12 years old, uh, and, and that wasn't through juggling. Actually, it was through Tai Chi. And uh, Tai Chi had such a, um, how do I say, a big effect on, on my life and on me and everything that I, I did. So actually, I started to juggle because of Tai Chi in actual fact. Uh, but what it was, it was mainly what I understood from Tai Chi, which uh, I was able to embrace quite quite uh, deeply, was the philosophy, okay? And because Tai Chi is actually a philosophy. And that philosophy is based on Taoism, which is how nature functions, the function of nature, and, and the properties of nature, the essence of nature. So that's how I actually got into many things was through this um, uh, philosophy of uh, Taoism, in actual fact. Even though that led me later to my realized teachers, my spiritual teachers that uh, were able to uh, impart with me um, the truth, whatever that means to people. So I try to use that term in the sense of absolute truth. Uh, so that means what is actually true is something that does not come or go, appear or disappear, that is constant all the time. That is what you could call real. So many times we have experiences and there I call that phenomena because it comes and goes. You have an experience, but then, you know, it can be a wonderful experience or a really like uh, amazing, uh, how do I say, uh, realization. But then after, you'll see it doesn't stay, it goes. So I call that phenomena. So something that doesn't come or go, that is always constant all the time, I would say is true, absolutely true, because it doesn't move anywhere, it doesn't change, it doesn't go anywhere. And that's what truth is, eternal truth, what I call eternal truth, or divine truth. So that's the, how do I say, the, the basis of self-realization, to realize what you are. and if you do realize that, you'll realize you are that truth, something that doesn't come or go. But most people we experience are, you could say, our personal identification to what we think truth is, which is coming from our ego, our personality. And that's coming and going, appearing and disappearing. One day it could be true, but then you find out the next day it's not true. So this truth is subjective. It's not objective. And so many of our dealings with things, objects, and with the world are built upon this subjective truth. So that's why we suffer, because we go back and forth all the time, not really knowing what is truly true. 
and that is um, a process of uh, discovering your your yourself uh, the part that I, I talk about that is always constant that is always there for you it's actually perfect and it's beautiful and you don't have to do anything for it and this is the problem with the ego the ego you have to do everything for all the time so it's very tiring actually sounds exhausting yeah what can you talk a little bit more about the ego? Like what, what do you mean when you speak of the ego? Okay. Ego is the identification to yourself. Okay. But that identification usually comes from the, uh, how do I say, the culture, your culture, your uh, upbringing, uh, your morals, uh, your religion. So all the things that are man-made, okay that you get influenced by uh, when you're growing up. So those are usually um, the, how do I say, the identifications uh, that we take on to ourselves, which forms our personality. So what you like, you know, what you think is good uh, uh, compared to Bogan um, is that uh, it's quite, maybe very different. But if it was really true, it'd be the same, wouldn't it? Mm. But because it's not, it's subjective. So that means your um, interpretations or your um, opinions or your judgments, they're subjective because they're not the same for everybody. So it's a subjective. The truth, as I said, is the same for everybody. It doesn't change. It doesn't go nowhere. It's the same. That would be the, the absolute truth. So. And how are so I could, yeah. able to experience this? This absolute truth. Um, if I tell you, it's so <laughs> simple, but nobody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> simple, but not easy. <laughs> okay. If you really want to know the truth, don't do anything. Don't do anything? Don't do anything. Don't touch a thought. Don't create a thought. Don't do anything. Even the idea of doing something, get rid of it. And then what you're left with is the truth. Anything that you create is adding something, right? So whatever you add to is not the truth. The truth is actually when something is naked. That there's nothing being created. It's just what is. That's the truth. Now, you know, I always say the example would be like uh, where you're sitting, okay? Okay, so look around you. Everything that you see or you feel or that you touch, it seems to be true, right? And as I said before, only what is true is what doesn't come or go, appear or disappear. So you tell me now, is the couch, is that going to last forever, for eternity? Are the walls going to last forever for eternity? Yeah. Or the ceiling or the lamp or this computer we're talking to? Okay, so <laughs> there's something though that is there in the room, but nobody pays attention to it that is eternal, that doesn't move, doesn't go anywhere, that is there all the time. So do you know what it is? The truth? So, it is the space 
which you never pay attention to, the nothingness, and the silence. Okay, if you don't do anything, you'll start to feel those things. So the less you do, and the more conscious you become, the more stronger it becomes. Once you activate your mind, you start to create forms. So the truth disappears because you start to fill up the emptiness or the space with something. Okay. Throughout history, you have people that uh, you could say uh, uh, achieved enlightenment. And, you know, like the Buddha is one, and you could say uh, uh, Ramana Maharishi is another. Uh, these people, what they did, they went and they sat down. And they just sat there. That's all they did. And slowly, over a long period of time, they realized who they were, what they were. But, you know, that's very hard for us to, to do because yeah. we're attracted to sensation and to doing, to achieving something. So we cannot fathom um, the, how do I say, the idea of not doing. So I'm a really good example because I grew up, like you said, I was a professional juggler and a circus performer. <clears throat> and I was really good at practicing. I practiced 10, 12 hours a day, constantly for years. So I was really good. And when I met my teacher, when I was in my late 30s, remember I started when I was 12, 12 but in my late 30s, I finally met a realized person. And he told me, don't do anything. Now, I couldn't handle that. I couldn't take it, you know, because I've been used to doing stuff all the time. And I thought, is he crazy? If I don't do anything, nothing will happen. And of course, because of his presence, because he was in that state of non-doing, of just being a vessel like the nature for the, the expression of whatever you want to call that God or that or whatever, to go through him. And he was conscious of it. So I became conscious of that in his presence. And I realized that, yes, in actual fact, when I don't do anything, then I connect myself to that. Do you think that becomes challenging for people, I guess, living in society as we do now with, um, I guess, the way society functions, like in terms of jobs and households and kids? Yes, it, it you know, the thing is, can be but it doesn't have to be and and that's the thing you know it's like you have to devote your energy or some of your energy some of yourself to the quest of of um, self-realization or that you want to know the truth because basically that's the the motivation behind the life is the <clears throat> how do i say the the desires we have starts to uh, manifest uh, everything for us because I always say like in essence you are the essence of creation okay so <clears throat> it's your protocol to create but what are you gonna create now now that's up to you what you want to create yeah but whatever you I always say whatever on the top of your list 
you'll create it. Now, most people, they want to create uh, security or they want to create uh, uh, some type of uh, fulfillment for themselves, okay? I mean, most people want to be happy. You know, they want to be happy and they want to feel free and they want to be successful, all right? Whatever, whatever you pick, if you follow it, you'll find that it has to do fulfillment, to do with fulfillment, to feel satisfied, and that has to, to do with something that, like nothing is missing, that you have everything. Okay, even if you have 99.9%, .9%, that one little point percent, you're gonna look for. So why is that happening? Okay, and that happens because you actually come and you know very deep down inside of yourself what it is to be totally fulfilled. Otherwise, you don't keep looking for it. Why would you keep looking for something? if you didn't know it existed. I mean, why would I go look for my car keys if I didn't have a car? <laughs> you understand? So you only look because somehow, intuitively, you know, deep down. And as I always tell everybody, your essence is the truth. So that's what you're gonna look for. But the way you look for it now is something else. Usually we look for it in the material realm since we're on the material world. But you'll start to find out, even though how you get all the material in the world, you'll still feel something is missing. Mm. So, so people That's keep really looking and they keep trying to do the same thing over and over, thinking that it will change, but it doesn't. And so that was my, my journey until I realized that I needed, I, I needed something you know, more. So this is uh, coming to the point like why we suffer. You know, we suffer because of, <clears throat> of being, how do I say, disappointed in, in the material realm or in relationships or in wealth or whatever it is uh, that, that doesn't satisfy us. And, uh, and, and that process is one that we uh, beat ourselves, we hurt ourselves or we let other people hurt us, you know, to the point where we start to ask for help, okay? And that, how I look at that is like, you know, all this suffering, because suffering, you know, a lot of times people think like, you know, getting enlightened is uh, transcending everything, and uh, uh, that's, uh, uh, you rise above everything. And my experience is the opposite, okay? When I awoke, I actually, I didn't go up, I went down. I went down and I was able to feel the smallest of things and the weakest of things. So that made me empathetic to, to the, the smallest of things and able to have appreciation and gratitude for nothing in actual fact. So uh, it was actually the opposite. <clears throat> so the suffering in a way is there to help us to realize uh, uh, something. Now, the thing is, what is real? And I can say in this material realm, one of the most real things is pain. You can pretend all you want that you're enlightened or whatever, but pain will always bring you back to the truth. Like, where are you now? Okay, so you mean physical so that's pain part of- Emotional pain. I'm sorry? You mean physical pain or like emotional? Yes. emotional pain. All types of pain. 
whatever. You hit your finger with a hammer, boom. It brings you back to the present moment, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> okay, same with emotional pain. Same with physical pain or spiritual pain. Spiritual pain is the most difficult because you can't track it. Because you think it's to do with your body, then you fix that part of your body, and then you find out the pain moves somewhere else. But mm -hmm. you still have the pain. That's because spiritual pain is emotional pain, that you are not be able to release something emotionally in some part of your life that you stored up somewhere. And you're carrying it around with you. And, but you don't know how to get rid of it. You think it's the material, but it's not. So this is uh, uh, difficult to, to understand unless you meet somebody that has had it and they can start to explain it to you. I think some people call it your pain body. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Eckhart Tolle refers to it as the pain body. Yeah. So is that something that you were saying that if you meet someone that has worked with it before or who has the same pain body, is that the only way you start to work with it? Or what do you well, mean? Someone by... who's transcended their pain body is how, is that Yeah, I mean, idea? the thing is, we don't understand many things. I didn't understand many things until I met people that had taken that journey, that had realized those things. And then by being in their presence, I could access their consciousness of it. And then I became aware of it too. Or I had the actual pain. Like I did have the actual spiritual mm -hmm. pain. But it got removed. And then I started to see how the mechanics of it worked, how it functioned. So I could tell people, look, mm -hmm. you know, you're holding things in your, in your body you're not even aware of on a cellular level, like memories or trauma. And all that's recorded. It's in your body right now. But the problem is it's suppressed. So it doesn't come out. So you're in the presence of somebody or something that radiates light or what I call grace, truth. It starts to come up. The things that are buried start to surface to the top because they're not real and they need to come out so you can become more empty to hold more light because basically the truth is light. And we're filled with uh, a lot of untruth, which is like you could say darkness. And the more um, uh, negative it is, the more darker it becomes. And those dark things are in, you could say, on your, on your spiritual, on the spiritual realm, they're in your light body, okay? And so like your sickness is like gray to black, okay? And the thing is that sickness, uh, when you're in the presence of light, it starts to burn it away, burn it away, or it comes up to the surface so it can be released. Okay, so this happens a lot in my class. A lot of people start, they don't understand what's happening, and it starts coming up to the surface. Uh, old memories, like when they're a kid or a pain, or something starts to, to arise to the surface to go out. You know, the problem is, you know, we don't understand it. So we start making a story about it. And this is what we do many times. We go into the mind and we start creating a new chapter about this, about this uh, um, pain we're having, about this thing. And actually, when you do that, you keep it longer. The thing is, you just want to get rid of that stuff. And how you get rid of that is let it go. Become conscious of it because it's something that you never really looked at or you never really experienced totally and became uh, 
one with it, like in the sense of accepted it. And that's why it's still there. And that's why it haunts you and you carry it around, but you're not aware of it. So a lot of, a lot of things have to do with that, that we're just not aware of those things. So you need to, to come to some one or read a book or something that triggers you to become aware of these things. So that when you start to have the experience, you understand what's going on. Yeah. So that's very helpful. Like for me, without being with my teacher, I, I couldn't uh, be able to, um, to share what I share now with people because I had no idea there was another part of me that was free, that was not to do with my mind or my sensation. I, I only knew how to do stuff. I only knew systems. I only knew practice. I only knew methods. And this is not a practice or a thing or a method. It's something beyond that. So how are you going to explain that to somebody? You can't. You have to experience it. And uh, so I feel very blessed that I, I was with somebody that could give you this teaching with no teaching. Because any teaching I give you, that I teach you, is teaching your ego. So if you want to go beyond your ego, you need a teaching with no teaching. Nothing that will stimulate your ego, but something that, that, you will, um, that will affect your consciousness and make you become conscious of something. Wow. Yeah. It's incredibly important to have a teacher, isn't it? Um, some things, uh, you know, you're the best teacher, mm. you know. Uh, but for certain things, like, you know, I wish I was clever enough or whatever you want to call it to be able to, to do it myself. You know, and, and I was, like I told you, I was really good. I practiced and for years and, you know, was very disciplined. But, you know, I couldn't do it by myself. That's why I met my teacher. And I didn't even meet him in the beginning. I met him like when I was like 36, 37. And I started when I was 12 years old. So it took me a long time to get there before I was ready for that. Do you think that these teachers because, come to you when you're ready? Yeah, when you're ready the teacher appears. Mm. But then even still, will you recognize it? That's the thing. Because when I was there, I saw a lot of people come and I saw a lot of people go. They didn't recognize it. So it depends if you're really ripe enough too. It's no, like a fruit. With tea and Oreos, that's the difference. <laughs> you know, but I told you the true teaching is without a teaching, right? So you can have a cup of tea with someone, that's also okay. <laughs> Empowered by Choice is now proudly sponsored by Sydney Poll Online. No poll, no problem. Offering over 50 live classes each week and with a growing library of on-demand videos with classes in everything from yoga and meditation to pole dance and burlesque, Pilates, bar and flexibility programs. You can create the perfect home experience that suits you. Take as many classes a week as you'd like, maybe even try out something you wouldn't usually do. Are you going to try twerking? Nah, maybe burlesque. Just you, your time your space. Sydney Pole is currently offering five free classes so you can try it out with no commitment. Visit sydneypole.com and create your workout your way.
Thank you.